Welcome back to what it's really like to be an entrepreneur. I'm Vincent Lancey, speaker and author of the book, Left for Dead, A Story of Redemption. Want to know what it's really like to be an entrepreneur? Well, you came to the right place. You will hear real-life, authentic stories from entrepreneurs grinding on each episode. My goal for this podcast is to let you know that giving up is never an option. If you missed last week's episode, be sure to download it after you tune in today. Before I introduce my guest, I will share an entrepreneurial story to inspire you all. I caught an awesome write-up on George Eastman on the biography site. This New Yorker was born in 1954 and left his job at the bank after starting his photography company in April 1880. In 1885, he went to the patent office with a roll holder device that he and the camera's inventor, William Hall Walker, developed. Cameras were allowed to be smaller and cheaper because of this device. His first camera was called the Kodak that came with 100 exposures and a box camera that was sold first in 1888. He felt that products should have a free identity that is separate from anything else, so there came the name Kodak. This entrepreneur is one of true status as he wasn't content and soon delivered the first brownie camera, which was meant for children. When 1927 arrived, he was the largest company in the industry in the entire United States. Hey, Sash, did you know anything about the story behind the Kodak? That's the first I heard. That's a good story. Yeah, so my guest today is somebody that I've known through my buddy Brian. I met him about 10 or 15 years ago. As he was dating his sister, and you fast forward to now, I have worked for one of his startup entrepreneurial opportunities, and since he has now embarked on another journey, please allow me to introduce Sash Adriano. Hello. Sash, why don't you share your story and a little bit what you're working on today? Uh, well, I, uh, I grew up in the hospitality industry. My father um, owned a number of restaurants when I was eight years old. I started bussing tables and washing dishes for him and uh, actually at the grand opening of his very first restaurant he made me dress up as a shark it was a seafood restaurant <laughs> my my mother was a puppeteer so she was able to whittle this shark outfit together and I stood outside handing balloons out at the grand opening and of course it was like 110 degrees that day and I remember coming inside saying, can I please come in? It's very hot. And my father going, get out there and hand out the balloons. <laughs> but the lesson I learned that no matter what, you better be out there going ahead and building your business one guest at a time. So that, uh, that, was, my, that was my harsh introduction into uh, business back then. Well, that's a great story for sure. It's definitely going to resonate with a lot of people. But now we're going to do the big five, Sash. Each episode, my guests and I go over these five questions to help them learn what it's really like to be an entrepreneur. So the first question for you is, when did you realize that you weren't happy with what you were doing or that you just needed some kind of change? Well, I think that I think that, that is an ongoing question that I think any entrepreneur or anybody who's goal-oriented should ask themselves constantly, short-term and long-term. But if, if you're asking the question... When did I realize that I wanted to be an entrepreneur? I would probably say it was like 17 years old. I mean, I can go back as far as when I was a kid, you know, with the iced tea stands or even in high school throwing keg parties and trying to make money <laughs> off of that. <laughs> Although probably not the most conventional way to do it. But but there was always, uh, you know, I, I wanted to to create an experience for people. And, you know, with that, if you can bottle up experience or something that people want and, and give it to them, that's, that's the product that people want. Um, 
But I remember when I was around 17, 18 years old, my father asked me, he said, what are you going to do when you get older? I said, oh, I'm an entrepreneur. And he said, you're not an entrepreneur, you're, you're a kid. I said, gee, thanks. <laughs> but that kind of drove me a little bit more. Um, I wrote my first restaurant concept when I was 18 years old, and I wish I still had it because I did it on loose leaf paper, and it must have just been horrendous. <laughs> but, um, you know, that's kind of when I, I set off on, on my journey, and I started to really hone and learn my craft. You know, there's there's a couple of different phases for entrepreneurs to be aware. As one is you pick an industry, um, you go into it, and you learn as much as you can on that specific trade. And then all of a sudden, after years and years of trying to master the trade and become master at it, because you probably never will be a master at it, then all of a sudden you have to pivot to an asset and liability manager. And so after all these years of learning hospitality, and all the day-to-day -day that goes into it, I now only spend 10% of my time doing that trade. And the other 90% is focusing on managing our assets and managing the liabilities of the company. And that is a very difficult trade to pivot away from. Um, and that where I think is a lot of young entrepreneurs get hung up at is that, you know, it's, it's not just about, you know, focusing on your trade so beware of what you wish for if you do become successful um there's a lot that goes into it well said well said out of all those things we kind of just talked about briefly sum it up to the two most difficult parts of being an entrepreneur if you had to narrow it down to two people <laughs> what do you mean by that the different personalities right um not so much the consumer i mean if if you're going to be in, in the type of business where it's people business, you know, you, you really have to do it because you're passionate about it. And it's one thing that I'm passionate about. I, I really, integrity of providing a service to our, our guests is everything in the world to me. And I've lost sleep, countless nights of sleep over wondering if I've compromised, you know, their experience. I mean, eventually I've just had to try and make my peace with I do the best that I can. But it's, it's not so much the consumer, you know, consumer's always right. And I will always do, honestly, what, whatever they say, um, yep, you got it, I'm gonna learn from it, and we're gonna evolve to meet their expectations. It's, it's in, internally is what the challenge is, is, um, you know, we have 75 people on, on our team during the peak of our uh, season and they got 75 personalities and 75 goals and 75 things going on in their lives and um, you know you have to try and create one common thing that everybody's working towards so so that's a challenge and you know the other challenge is really it, it's managing the asset it's um, you know management of money is a very difficult thing. I mean, a profit and loss statement is to me, you know, math is the one universal language that we all speak. And if you're a well business said, person yeah. and an entrepreneur, you need to learn how to read profit and loss fluently. And, you know, that's a language and it's telling you a story and you need to read through it and dissect what it's telling you. You need to hear it. You, you need to manage it, evolve to it and, and give it what it needs. And, and that's a tough thing. And it takes many years of experience. Absolutely. I think there's a lot of lessons in there, what you just shared. So thank you for that. If you had to pick one of your greatest failures, Sash, what is it and what did it teach you? Um, 
So when I was 28 years old, I, um, I, my father and I worked together for many years. We had our first place together when I was 23. And I don't think any 23 year old really uh, is ready to have responsibility at that time. But uh, it was a good experience, but that's not really the one that stands out. When I was 28, I, I took a hiatus from the hospitality industry for a few years and I went into finance. And uh, it, it was great because I learned a lot about banking platforms and trying to understand you know, the math and science of finance and business. Um, but I was still missing my hospitality industry, so I, I had uh, developed a restaurant concept on paper. And I went out shopping for an investor, and, and I found one. And um, they had signed on to a 10-unit deal with us, and it was very exciting. And there was three of us, and we each owned a third of the company. Now, the one thing that I learned back then is even though we each owned a third of the company, whoever has more money really is running that company. <laughs> and that was a painful lesson that I had learned. Um, the two guys I worked with were mega millionaires, and I was, you know, worth $800 a week at that time. <laughs> and, um, you know, we had disputes. And, and again, being very passionate about what you're doing, you are always trying to do what you think is the best decision for the company. But, you know, people have their own agendas. And, um, you know, I, I really should have went into that specific situation with eyes a little more wide open. And, uh, you know, it, it turned out to be a business venture that didn't work out in the long run for the partners. I was able to learn a lot from it, which ended up serving me well, um, and get out, you know, without any real harm. But, uh, yeah, you go into a business with your eyes wide open. You know, you you gotta really see. You gotta see every angle. A lot of learning opportunities, though, in the failures is the way to look at the bright side of all of that. If you could choose one entrepreneur, Sash, dead or alive, to have a conversation with throughout history, who would it be? What are you talking about? Uh, I would go back to the mid to late eighteen hundreds, early nineteen hundreds. I want to talk to the titans of industry. I mean, love it. What? They walked into just total uncharted territory and they had a vision and they saw something. And it was at a time that the government couldn't really understand what was going on. So laws and legislation was being written at that time just to combat them. They were able to, you know, maneuver themselves through that, those landmines at that time. Uh, and, and that's just, just amazing. I mean, that really are the founding fathers of, of industry as far as I'm concerned. That's a great answer. No one's given me that as far as I've been interviewing people to start season one of this show. I couldn't agree more. So let's talk about your future with your entrepreneurial endeavors, Sash. Let's look one year from today and let's look five years from today. Where do you hope to be one year from today? What do you have going on one year from now? So our, our new project... Um, is a uh, in the QSR quick service restaurant uh, project and that's this is our third venture right now and so I'm trying to diversify the company's portfolio from uh, the brewery which is distribution um, the on-premise destination of uh, Whale's Tail which is just a giant and the new project Load of Echo which is really meant to be just a simple simple easy operation that provides 
something that I think people are looking for specifically in that location. And, and that's taking food that is familiar and not too standoffish and scary, but it's healthier and that you have options where you can start off with a gluten-free and a vegan base and then add on to it. And um, yet in the fast casual thing is we wanted to kind of put it in a situation was a little bit more uh, comfortable and luxurious as opposed to traditional fast casual, which is a little bit more industrial and cold. So, um, you know, the demographic that we're targeting is, is, is the ladies and, you know, obviously, you know, any, anybody really wants to be healthy. But uh, right now we're seeing a lot of, you know, the moms in the middle of the afternoon that are coming down and, and that's an exciting thing. So if I'm really to fast forward a year from now, um, the goal is to have accumulated enough data from this first store, which is as a prototype, we made sure that we picked a location where the rent structure was very, very fair, where we couldn't get hurt, um, to really accumulate the data to see if it's something that has the potential to become kind of a multiple unit type of situation. Um, if I fast forward into five years from now, I think the goal would be that we might find ourselves maybe having five units of this particular concept. Of the new restaurant you're talking about. Uh, Of the new restaurant. Um, The Whale's Tale is a beast into its own right. Let's tell them about what Whale's Tale is. Well, the Whale's Tale is... um, The Whale's Tale... The story of the Whale's Tale is pretty cool. um, We are here tucked away in a marina in the North Shore of Long Island. And this marina was kind of sitting here as a, you know, I'd like to say a bureaucratic little playground <laughs> for many years where, you know, the, the wealthy of this community could come and have their boats. And, you know, they were looking for amenities. So there was a snack bar on the property at that time that was here to service those members. And, um, you know, my father had come here for a year, had a two-year contract, and um, to kind of run this little deli slash snack bar. And I was uh, exiting out of that Massapequa uh, uh, restaurants, which I had told you about before. So he said, do you want to come do this with me? And I, we haven't worked together in a number of years, and I was not really pumped about <laughs> working with family again. But I said, you know, I, I'll do it. You know, just let me, give me exclusive control. And, and we came in here on the swipe of a credit card with $30,000 only, because that's all I had at that time. We built this business. Um, and you know our first year we did 400,000 and then we did 750 then we did a million then we did one three then we did one seven then we did two then we built a brewery then we did two and a half and it's just an incredible story because throughout that process you know we had to rezone this property so we litigated for three years and I got to tell you that's the asset liability part that I was talking about is that you know nothing can prepare you for that I mean for the second time in my career I was faced with possibly losing a business um and that's scary. And, and those are the things that will test the patience of an entrepreneur, guaranteed. <laughs> it will beat you down with a baseball bat. And just when you think you can't take any more, it'll come and beat you even harder. But it's the resilience. It's, it's looking at yourself every day and saying, you are not going to beat me. You're not going to best of me. It's a special breed of people. I, I have to tell you, you know, I've met many entrepreneurs and business people and we all have one common thing and that's you know we will not take failure it's not an option 
you will get up and you'll constantly plow forward. And, and the whale's tail is kind of a coronation of that. It's, um, it's an example of hard work. Now it's just given us an opportunity that it is the, it is the foundation for what this company can do now in the future. You know, we've been able to collateralize our assets and build other ventures. We built the brewery two years ago, which has tripled in production this last 12 months, which is exciting. So that's something that over the next year to five years, we're looking to um, continue building specific brands and uh, focus on distribution. Um, and, you know, the Whale's Tale always has an opportunity to possibly, as part of the portfolio of the hospitality group, to maybe do another venture like it. Although I can say, <laughs> when, when you say the things that are the most difficult, again, being the people, the complexity of this specific operation is not something that I want to necessarily duplicate. So, you know, we want as entrepreneurs to keep things as simple as possible. Always always keep it simple stupid as cliche as that is as i gotta tell you from experience <laughs> without that you're you're in trouble sash thanks a lot for all the lessons you gave everybody listening in today i really enjoyed your journey from the beginning and how you kind of took something from nothing developed into now three different locations you got the brewery the whale's tail and lodovico it's time for the last word sash is there one thing you didn't get to touch on today that you want to share with everybody listening on just don't give up. I mean, passion is what fuels your success. But keep in mind, passion creates impulsivity. <laughs> and that's uh, not necessarily the best uh, formula for business. You need to be patient. You need to be methodical. But you need to believe in yourself. Always. Awesome. Good luck. Awesome, Sash. Go ahead and share your social media website or ways for our listeners to come check out your locations, support you on the web. Yeah, whalestailnpt.com. Uh, um, then we have our link to Harborhead Brewery in Northport and LodovecoNPT.com is our newest. Come check it out. It's awesome. Good luck, everybody. All right, everybody. You can follow the show on Instagram to stay up to date at your favorite morning podcast and on Twitter at Podcasts by Lancy. My handles are at Vincent A. Lancy on all social media and YouTube, and my website is VincentALancy.com. Make sure you grab my book, Left for Dead, A Story of Redemption on Amazon, and DM me or email me. Let me know what you think. If you enjoyed today's episode, please continue listening and rate what it's really like to be an entrepreneur five stars for me as I try really hard to find you value delivering stories on each episode. As always, I will end the show with a quote that inspired me and I know it will for you too. When the sun is shining, I can do anything. No mountain is too high, no trouble too difficult to overcome. Thanks for listening and I'll see you on the next episode of what it's really like to be an entrepreneur.